What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Betstamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Law Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. All right, we're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. You are going to be listening to this Thursday, January 27th. We just got off. I believe this is the last leaf, the last week that the Leafs only played two games. Is that correct, Josh Ye- and Jason? Who yes. Joined by? I believe so. I think there might be one after the All-Star break, but that one doesn't really count because half of the week is taken. Away Wait, quick break. quick question. I saw Jason on his computer did a big like schedule analysis. How is the Leafs' schedule in terms of like uh, they had to re- renew so many games? Yeah. Do so, they get boned at all compared to other teams? Like. Um, not really. I think theirs are just as spread out. I don't have the list in front of me now, right now. I did it for fantasy purposes of, of all things. So, um, but I, be- I, I believe they just have a bunch of three and four game weeks. So nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing out of it's the just ordinary. It's going to feel like a lot of hockey. Exactly. Right now, so, which is exciting. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some teams actually have a five game week here and there. Like Edmonton has a five game week, <laughs> but, um, yeah, this least, least look fine. I think here, I just pulled up the sheet right now. Um, yeah, mostly just three and four game weeks at the, at the end though, in the last month of April, they have four games, four games, four games, then two. So, and, that, well, and that, those first three weeks of April are going to be, oh, yeah. get you, ready. well, how about standings when you're looking at Tampa and you're looking at Florida, that's going to be, we should be circling that on the calendar right oh, now, yeah. just after the trade deadline too. Those will be big games. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm going to start out. Do you, do you, what's the percentage that the Leafs make a big splash at the trade deadline? 95%. Yeah. Like, 100%. Wow. Well, here's why. It's shaping up to have some big fish available that maybe you didn't expect at the deadline. Which but at will, forward, is there anything big at D other than Klingberg? Ben Sherratt? Uh, I meant like big as in like good, not big as in size. Well, I consider big as you either move your first round pick or a mm-hmm. top five, four or five organizational prospect, right? Whether the player comes back, we we determine that to be like an elite player or not. Is, is Giordano big? Oh, he's massive. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard rumors around him per se, but like mm-hmm. I think he's pretty much gone. That, Seattle yeah. has not really picked it up at all. Yeah. yeah. But we, who knows? Like, they, if if they don't trade Jared down, that's a, fa- a complete failure for Seattle manager. Like, if I were to give them a grade, it'd be an F this year, just because of yeah. Like, yeah. their goalies Anyways. need to reset. They're both goalies yeah. where they move around a lot, and I feel like that you can easily get away from your game doing that because they're both not very big goaltenders. But they've had very good seasons in the past, and I, I could see them fully rebounding next year. Yeah. Um, maybe a team tries to buy low on like Chris Dreger, and you, you're able to get him, but. Or even Grubauer. He's got a mm-hmm. pretty big contract. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think Seattle's yeah. going to see it like that. Uh, uh, so, quick, before we get into Leafs, I like this little sidebar. We're going to get into trade deadline more a little later. It's going to become a theme in these episodes, I think. Yeah. As we Isn't the trade deadline not until, like, March? Yeah, it's March. Yeah. I but feel like 
you could talk about every day. <laughs> it, it's it's going to pick up so now. Many, right? Yeah, because and, teams drop. Like, yeah. Philly has lost 10 in a row again. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, we know that Kyle Dubas isn't afraid of waiting till the last minute to make a deal, right? He's... He's also not afraid of doing it early. Jake Muzzin yeah. was mid February, if I remember correctly. Sorry, I meant to. I meant January to say that maybe it was January. You're right. Yeah, maybe it was, it was January. January. Yeah. But uh, what it I was, was end of January. I remember that for sure because it happened before the Super Bowl. Jake Muzzin happened before the Super Bowl that yeah. year. Okay, cool. So one thing, uh, quick, Seattle. You said Giordano. They also have. It looks like they have five unrestricted free agents right now on their roster. Like they should just trade all of them, right? Yeah, 100%. And they also have like six RFAs. It's just, it's yeah. an interesting. We we talked a little bit about the expansion this summer, if you listen. I think we all expected Seattle to be better, and they're not. But yeah. yeah. And they only got three, they only have three picks other than their own so over the next three years, which is crazy. Anyways, moving on to the Leafs. Moving on, on to, to the Leafs. The Leafs. Uh, let's get into the Anaheim game first. The Leafs beat the Anaheim Ducks at home in front of nobody other than Carlton the Bear. 4 3 in a shootout. And continuing the trend, they blew a 3 1 lead. What are your immediate thoughts on this? Uh, it was in a pretty amazing fashion how they blew that. We, the, both those goals were crazy. The one goal was the power play was so hot, and they were looking to get another, at least call the timeout to after 5-on-3. After, uh, after they just scored a goal on the 5-on-3, they called a timeout to leave the big boys out there. And as time was winding down in the, in the in the power play with the very last few seconds, we all four of our forwards went low and tried to tried to get a goal. Puck squirted out. Two-on-one became a three-on-one, and Jacob Silverberg finished good shot. And then this the the third goal was just a tough tough tip in for for for, for the entire team. It's not Campbell's fault, just a bad bounce, I think. So, but I, I thought they 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 rolled Anaheim. I think that game they they weren't able to get a goal at five on five, but I thought they played fantastic five on five. They had forty some odd shots to only twenty th- to Anaheim. Um, yeah, tough tough blowing a three one lead. It feels like we're cursed at this point, but whatever. We end up picking up the win with the shootout, so it was okay. Yeah, I, I do agree. The goals are were in pretty hilarious fashion mm-hmm. if you look at it. So the Leafs get a power play, get a five on three, right? Um, after a schmangle from Marner, and he drew the penalty there. So they get the five on three, and they're able to score. Very nice goal, nice setup, good pass from Marner behind the net to Tavares, nice finish. And then, I don't know if they're getting a little cheeky or strategic here, but... It's 3-1, and they call a timeout. It was interesting to say the mm-hmm. least. So keep power play one out there. Seems like a smart move. They get some good chances again. And what happens? What happens? What, what do you expect from the Toronto Maple Leafs, honestly? What else do you expect from the Toronto Maple Leafs? They give up a shorthanded goal off a rush because they flew too close to the sun. They were too deep in their own end. Three on one the other way. And if you watch the video... Whoever's at center fifty three just completely bowls over Morgan Riley. But what different way was Morgan Riley going to play a three on one? So it didn't really matter. But yeah, that's an interesting strategy just to take out the D man with the, the third guy in the middle there. But yeah, and then the third goal obviously a tip, which could have done a better job boxing out. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Any other additional thoughts to this game? Yeah, so, it was. It was. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. No, I was just going to ask if we have any positives of the game. It was a great game. They played yeah. really well. I uh, I wasn't personally a fan of the line jumbling, jumbling. So you know, we haven't talked. Set the precedence. Yeah, right. we haven't talked since they made these moves. So obviously, Saturday, Wednesday, have an extra day, couple days of practice, trying out these new lines. It was you know very very much talked about in the Toronto media scene, which is fair because 
you know, the lines have been humming pretty good, mm-hmm. right? I know you guys talked about when Marner comes back, is Kasha going to move down? And then Kasha was out, so it was easy. Marner came back, and they were productive, very productive. I, I don't mind, I guess, if you're saying I want to jumble with the lines a bit. I want to see Nylander, Matthews, Marner on three separate mm-hmm. lines. I get that. I understand. Mm-hmm. Three different offensively generating lines before we had a, quite a defensively-based third line. I just don't agree with if you're going to do that, do it. Halfway through the first period, it, we, we were in a blender already. And I, I think it, it, it doesn't show in with the numbers because the Leafs still generated a ton of offense. They held mm-hmm. possession. But you could see there were a couple little plays where it was like, ah, like, they just didn't mesh perfectly in that scenario where I feel like, again, this is an anecdotal thought, but if you just run your top six normally and run them big minutes, I probably, you probably win that game in regulation. It just seemed a little over-tinkering to me. Yeah, tried to think about it too much. And he said, Sheldon Keith came out and said with these lines um, that he wanted to try this in training camp, but due to COVID and other issues, he wasn't able to. I think he just out tried to outsmart himself somehow with these and just galaxy brain himself into thinking, oh, I can create, I can recreate the Yanni Gord, Barkley Goudreau, Blake Coleman line by putting Camp, Kerfoot, Nylander together. Uh, adds more of a scoring punch. How are other teams going to game plan against it? Like, I, I don't, I, like, I didn't, if you're going to do, as you said, if you're going to do it, stick with it. Mm-hmm. They didn't stick with it at all. I'm, 50-50 on the idea itself, really. I don't like play your best players together. They're going to produce offense together. But I had a thought and now I, it's gone. It's all Jason. right. So yeah. 3 uh, when when it became 3-3, three, three, there was about 8 to like 6 minutes left in the game and uh so the the lines like you said were originally Mitch, uh, Marner, Tavares, Mikheyev and uh, Kerfoot, Kampf, Nylander. At the at the end there, they actually switched it up and and rolled Marner, Tavares, Nylander, uh, and Kerfoot, Kampf, Mikheyev. Which so which makes no sense to me. Sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. because those guys on the second line have not played together at all all yeah, year. Exactly, and it seemed like a little. And I I I don't, I don't know exactly what the thought was. Maybe it was a little bit of panic because yeah. he felt like they they weren't working. But honestly, like. Just to play devil's advocate, I don't hate it. Like it's always good to try and, and, and see different combinations because you never know how injuries like come up and, and who works with who. It, it's it's not bad. And uh, yeah. on a side note, regardless of the the second and third line, the first line played really well tonight, right? Yeah, uh, of course. Seventy percent uh, Corsi. Look, look at the second line too. Yeah, and the sec- second line as well. The Dom shots both. overall were like forty to sixteen or forty to nineteen or something yeah. like that, right? It's, my other thought that was though, like, look how good the third line looked against the Rangers, and look how good they looked against the the Islanders. And even if you include the Blues game in there as well, I think I ran the numbers together. Mikheyev, Camp, and Engvall over the past three games, not including tonight, together they played thirty one minutes at five on five. Right over three games there, their expected goals percentage was over seventy six percent. And they, they together as a unit, they were two goals for one against. And one of them obviously didn't count because Camp wasn't on the ice for it. So with McKay of Engvall, it was three goals for one against. Right? You saw that. Be- you saw some. And on top of that, they had some fantastic chances together. They were humming together. I understand what you mean. Oh, you do want to try out different things and see there could be something. The grass could be greener on the other side. Right? But I don't know. Just to abruptly break it up like that and then to not commit to these line changes was a little bit weird. 
Yeah, and again, we've seen this a lot. Like Matthews, Bunting, and Kasha are going to look good analytically because you have three shooters on that line. If you looked, they had a lot of shots on net. How many like real high danger? A lot of shots from real down low, a couple from the red line. Matthews had a lot of good chances, but... Again, I think you're also taking some chances away from Matthews because a guy like Kosh, we've seen it. He'll he's he'll shoot the puck from anywhere, which is why yeah. he, I think he works so good on the third line. Mm-hmm. I really think if I'm playing game plan against the Leafs, seeing Nylander on that third line in, in defensive roles, by the way, that line, again, just mostly started in the defensive zone. I, I want to get the numbers here real quick. Yeah, so they had zero offensive zone faceoffs, Camp, Ny- yeah. uh, Nylander, and, and uh, Kerfoot, three neutral zone, five defensive zone. So if you're asking me, I'm thinking, well, no offense to William Nylander, but he's not the best defensive player. I think that's no. pretty well known. So you're kind of starting him in a disadvantageous position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're coaching against that, you're thinking, is this more dangerous than it was before with Kosh defensively? No, it's not. Now, when they transport the puck to the offensive zone, it's infinitely more dangerous. But I feel like you're just almost taking high-value touches away from a good player when you do that. So... I just don't agree with the way that they've really set out defined roles for line one, two, three. I, I don't get Nylander on the third line. And I don't think yeah. Sheldon Keefe likes it either because you saw him throw him mm-hmm. second line, first line, like on five or six different shifts. So Yeah. On top of that, like Nylander is a good passer as well. When you put him with someone like Camp and Kerfoot, you're kind of taking away that threat there. Like Kerfoot and Camp aren't the best goal scorers at all by any means. Like Kerfoot once in a while will tee off a one-timer, but... It's not that often, right? So you're primarily just making William Nylander that transition and shooting player. So, like, again, p- pulling up more numbers, right? Bunting, Matthews, Kasha had 12 shot attempts, right? That only generated 0.3 expected goals. Like, that should be way more than that, as opposed to Marner, Tavares, McKayev, which only had 10 shot attempts, but that converted to a 0.72 expected goals rate. So you're looking at a big difference there in terms mm-hmm. of quality of chances. Sure, you, you run through the shot metrics. I'm sure that line of Matthews, Bunting, Kasha, you know, starting a lot in the offensive zone as well, is going to do well in terms of shots because mm-hmm. they three three shooters. But in terms of high-value chances, is that the best line? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, you guys are all bringing up good points. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited that they're doing more tinkering. That's just me personally. Um, and I think, like, I think we, we were talking about it earlier, how uh, a, a common... Uh, headline this year has been like what's happened to John Tavares. Oh, he's back now, right? John Tavares is back. But if you look at it, we, me and Joe were talking before. John Tavares last year was kind of in the in, in his graph for expected goals for and expected goals against. They just weren't high. He wasn't getting a lot of expected goals for or goals against, right? But this year, it's the almost the complete opposite. He's getting a lot of goal expected goals for and a lot of expected goals against. And playing with William Nylander and Kerfoot originally, like you said, Joe, like they expect. I guess they expected Kerfoot to be that guy on that line to help out. With the uh, with the expected goals against defense, yeah, De- defensively exactly. But maybe the idea behind this wasn't so much for ne- about Nylander or Matthews. It was more about John Tavares and pairing him with Mitch Marner, who's a lot better defensively than uh, Kerfoot or than, than Nylander and, and Mikhaev. And maybe the idea was that was to help out John in the like reducing his expected goals against. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I've always wanted to see what it looked like splitting all three, like splitting, splitting William Nylander up off of the third line. Of and I'm excited to see, I, I was excited to see it. And it definitely was not underwhelming, but it was whelming. If I'm using that word. Correctly. Uh, but again, <laughs> when we talked about this preseason, 
your envision Nylander third line was not with David Kampf. No, that's the difference. Absolutely not. You're right. When you're playing him with David Kampf, his role, his deployment, it's it changes things, mm-hmm. right? But just a little counterpoint to that. William Nylander almost had three breakaways tonight. I know that's like a small sample. How many sample of those thing. were when he was playing with Kampf and I? I, Herfoot, I don't though. know, but. Maybe they were at the end may- of the game. Maybe yeah. starting him in the defensive zone helps him get that. Who knows? Anyways, no. galaxy brain takes. But um, yeah. But to summarize what you were saying about Tavares last year, very low activity, very low chance, low chances for, even less against. Uh, this year, it's high chances for and high chances against. Mm-hmm. I mean, something to to pay attention there too. And I theorized it's because he's playing a lot more in front of the net, a lot more below the goal line. So he's not covering as much high, and I don't think either of his wingers are because mm-hmm. they're really charging hard on offense. Yeah. But and that's something you wouldn't we'll see, see if you just look strictly at a percentage point of view, yeah. because like it don't, again, it only shows you the percentage between the two, and we'll it doesn't take the, them. Won't show the style. Yeah. I yeah. think either like no matter what deployment you put against the Ducks tonight, the Leafs would have put up good numbers. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, just looking at the Ducks lineup, like the first line, okay, Zegris gets left Terry, pretty solid. Second line, Ricard Raquel, who has not been very good this year, I don't think. No. I have it. He has not been very good this year. And then Isaac Lundestrom, who's a younger player. He's up and coming, but still not terrific. He's their center. And then Jakob Silverberg on the wing. Third line is Comtois, who's a good player. But then Sam Steele at center. Vinny Lettieri at right wing. And then fourth line, Nick Delorier, Sam Carrick, Buddy Robinson. Very, very top heavy. It's a very similar team to Ottawa's team, really, if you look at it. But I think the Ducks have just maybe developed a little further along than Ottawa. It's they have not much better defense and much, much better, better defense as well. But I'm just saying, like, it, this is a team of the Leafs are just better than yeah. hmm. in all facets, offensive. No defensive. Sonny Milano tonight, too. I forgot about that one. Yeah. He's been good for them this very year. Uh, Anaheim's a good up and coming team. But again, like they're you said, fun to watch. But they're not quite there yet. No. And the Leafs are a better team, and they showed it tonight. Much better. I mean, they had a big physical advantage, too. There's, Tavares was bodying people left, mm-hmm. right, and center. Matthews had Getzlav on a, in a blender oh. there. Like, Prime example was overtime there. Yeah. You, you referenced two plays from overtime where Tavares right. just put his, he put his ass into Zegris, and he was floundering out there. And then there was a play, yeah, you mentioned Ryan Getzlaff went straight into John Gibson. <laughs> I don't know how Matthews didn't bury that one. John Gibson was on a heater tonight also. He yeah. played awesome. Made a couple of great saves on Nylander. I was happy Nylander was able to score because he was humming out there. But, yeah, overall, I mean, do you, do you think there was any deficiencies to the Leafs game this year? I know we didn't love the deployment, but do you think there was any deficiencies that caused, you know, a three three, it, it to be three three instead of a three one win. Partially unlucky goals, partially getting goalie by like a really good goalie in Josh in Gibson, John Gibson. Sorry, That's, I really like I really like the special teams coming through yeah. too. They didn't, oh, yeah. they weren't, they were able to generate shots five on five, but no goals. But special teams was on fire. Mm-hmm. Power play was fantastic. Penalty kill was really good again. Special teams has been a real strong point for the Leafs this year. And a small thing as well, Timothy Lilligan got hurt. Like, five minutes into 10 minutes into the game and we were rolling yeah. 5d which uh, i thought the least did a the least defenseman did a pre- pretty decent job tonight not yeah. the best but again like no no muzzin and, and losing a guy mid-game they, they did as best as they could yeah um so do you think that the leafs pushing for an extra goal and making that two goal lead to a three goal lead is that a better defense than actually just playing it much safer when you're up by two 
Uh, I think it depends. It's a, it's a, that's like the, the magic question, right? Like, how do you want to defend these leads? The Islander game, they really sat back and got into a shell, but it was also like it, it, it worked because the Leafs only didn't really generate many chances in the third, but neither did the Islanders. So it was kind of that a little bit of a slower game. This game, they pushed the pace all like second and third period. Mm-hmm. They generated a lot of go- expected goals, and Anaheim generated, for example, more expected goals in the third period than the Islanders did. Yeah. But the Leafs had a lot more chances as well. So but it's also like, Anaheim has a lot more scoring talent. The Islanders right. did not. So that, that team looked horrible. It's a bit of a catch-22. Also, the difference is this was 3-2 going into the third yeah. rather than 3-1. I yeah. think 3-1 maybe sit back a little more. I don't know. I, I didn't think they were that loosey-goosey defensively, really. I've seen them do do. There was just worse. that one play on the second goal I found. Yeah, but that, that was also on the power, power play. play like, yeah. Yeah. The a power bit play. of a bad bounce. Like I, I, The power play was humming so well. Mm-hmm. After the five on three, they kept them out there, and they almost scored two or three times. And then it just was a bad bounce. I yeah, think yeah. I'm not. I, I, I I'm not that worried with the Leafs defending mm-hmm. leads right now. I think it's been a couple games. Really? Here. Yeah, it's like just like the start of the season. They had a wow. bad six game stretch. Okay, they 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 half blew a couple leads. Some of them they just ended up winning the game. Right? Like that's true. That's true. You can't just think like, oh, they keep going up 3-1 and going down, and it's like a trend. I, I think you, if this happens for the next month, then it could be a trend. Yeah, that's true. Also, consider how shorthanded you have been on D in the last two mm-hmm. weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Only 5-D tonight, no Jake Muzzin tonight. Uh, no Jake Muzzin Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. because yeah. he got injured against mm-hmm. St. Louis. Like, that's true. You are giving the younger guys more minutes, it's an interesting thought and something yep. to, to keep up, to keep watching. I mean, over from the Anaheim game, I guess from this game, I guess you can't really say it's a, a concern per se in terms of holding a lead simply because it wasn't like the most like replicable blown lead. Like how many more times are you going to blow a lead where you, you lead in shots 40 to 20, you give up a shorthanded goal and a tip goal to to give up the lead like that yeah also like the other thing is they just played on saturday and didn't give up the lead so Mm -hmm. like but no one talks about that because they gave it up tonight right so i feel like they gave up some somewhat okay chances against the islanders but it was like just the islanders didn't have the talent to to cash in on it yeah and then like even the st louis game like people say they gave up the lead in that game that was more of a back and forth game in my opinion i st louis gave up the lead in that game st louis was up a goal with what eight minutes left and the Leafs beat them. So, again, it, it's a little bit of chicken and the egg, I would say. But I understand the concern. I'm not personally c- concerned. Yeah. I guess that's a that's a good pause. Another positive spin. The Leafs give up leads. No, no, no. no. They, uh, they're good when they're down. They're never out of it. Exactly. Right? Any any Islanders game comments? Uh, well, I mentioned it previously, but the third line was very, very good in that in that game. Very good. Um, we got to see a Mitch Marner shorthanded goal. That was nice. Enjoy that. Uh, I really like the way, and you saw it, I think, a couple times over the past few games, where Marner does a he does this so so well, where he draws in the defender and then it opens up space for his line mate, and he's able to dish it over to them. Um, we saw a prime example tonight because he had a lane for a wide open shot, and he decided to pass didn't work out but it's gonna happen i mean it's it's hockey there's a lot of randomness to it but yeah mitch marner's been really really buzzing as of late um 
Peter Mrazek, what did you guys think of him in that game? I thought he played f- well. Like I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't see any real. I'm not. I'm not the best goalie guy, but I didn't see re- any real flaws. I think he's like a little. When I watch him, I feel like he needs to work maybe on his glove a little more. I feel like he he gets beat high a lot. I don't know, but he seemed fine. Like he played well for, and yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd like to see him more with Campbell, playing like just ca- let Campbell play less games. Simple as that. Let's see let's see Mrazek more. Cause yeah, I think everyone wants to see yeah. Campbell play less workload mm-hmm, but type of thing. I thought I had notes for the Islanders. Yeah, I, I damn it. Anyways, but uh, my Moraza comment would be: I think Joe, you kind of mentioned this. He's he's a really good scrambler goalie. Like, yeah. when he gets out of position, it, he's good at making that crazy weird save. But he also puts himself in that position sometimes. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind it's kind of you know catch twenty two there for him. But yeah, I, I think he played well. I, I think he's going to continue to play well. Yeah, he's an athletic goaltender. Does a very good job of cutting off the angle because he challenges so much. But I feel like because he's a smaller goaltender and he feels the need to challenge so much that point shots that are contested, and I mean that like when there's traffic in front, he he sometimes loses the puck completely, and then it just becomes the adventures of Peter Mrazek out there. And you saw that when he made that good glove save on Zach Parisi, he totally lost the puck on that point shot there, and then he was able to recover and made that nice save there. Obviously, it was his best game as a Leaf because he only gave up, what, one goal? and made 27 saves or whatever it was, right? So best game is a Leaf. I mean, you're. I'm not going to say he's going to improve on, like, point shots or whatever. It's just something to to keep an eye on, right? But he's a good goaltender. I think we need to give him more games. A lot of people are talking. I've seen people talk about, well, you deal Peter Mrazek, uh Jack Campbell is your number one. You need to sign Jack Campbell. But it's like you need to – play Peter Mrazek more throughout this year to increase his value so then you're not shipping him out with a pick to get rid of that salary. Yeah, agreed. Because if I'm another team and Peter Mrazek doesn't play much the rest of the year, doesn't have good numbers, I'm all day going to be asking the Leafs about him, especially if my name is Edmonton or Ottawa, something like that. Buffalo. Buffalo, holy. They have nothing there. They're gutted. But, Yeah. Right. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. One one thing, uh, like again, power play has been playing really, really well. I can you? I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this tweet. So Jonas Tweagle just Jonas Tweagle Jonas Siegel just tweeted this. Austin Matthews, William Nylander, and John Tavares have combined to score twenty one of the Leafs' thirty four power play goals this season. Okay. And I I, I I'm kind of missing the point on that tweet. Should that not how be how it is? Like the Jason Spezza has a few power plays. Yeah, like the three get... shooters on PP one should get the majority of power. Is he saying that as a bad thing? Like I just pulled up Edmonton for example. Drysaddle McDavid and Poole Yarvey have twenty of their thirty-two power play goals, so even more. I pulled up Washington. Ovechkin, Carlson, and Tom Wilson have twelve of their eighteen power play goals. So like, is that a bad thing? Like, are people no. making too much about like this oh, secondary power play scoring? I don't get it. All right, people complained, oh, we couldn't score on the power play. Now we're scoring on the power yeah. play. Oh, power play two is not scoring enough. Too many spe- – the, these specific we're players spoiled. are scoring too much than the other team on the power Media play. Media is spoiled. I just don't get some of the complaints. Like, it's it, the power play is number one in the league right now, or number two. Like, Could who be cares one. who they scores? scored two if, power if, play goals tonight. If Austin Matley scored 34 of the 34 power play goals, it, okay, so what? That's and, great. We have 34 and power play goals. for number one, like – I don't know. I don't, I don't see. I don't – like – Power play two has been playing significantly less as well. As it should be. Like, 
exactly. Like, did you see Power Play 2 go out tonight at all? I didn't notice them. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Power Play 1's humming so hard, Sheldon Keith called a timeout (laughs) during a Power Play to keep them out there. Yeah. I thought that was... Could have been a good move, but it was bold. Exactly. Backfired, though, unfortunately. Karma's a, a stitch, as they say. But... Two wins, two games. What else can you ask for? Exactly. Um, do you want to do some stat surfing? I just gave you one from Jonas Siegel. <laughs> Did you like that? That was a good one there. Uh, I, I'll do it. I have another one to steal from Jonas Siegel. Yeah. The Leafs are now 23-0 and in their last 23 games with Mitch Marner in the lineup. That cannot be a real stat. That's what he tweeted. So if it's wrong, blame him. They're, they haven't lost in 23 games with Marner in the lineup. No, 20. Sorry, 20. Okay. And three. And three and oh. Uh, so they've won 20 games, three losses, and uh, zero. zero. <laughs> you realize it uh, really sounded like loss. 23. Sorry, yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> 20, 20, 23, three and, and zero. zero. Well, I mean, look at Marner's positive impacts on the power play, positive impacts at five on five, and positive impacts at penalty kill, which transitions into my point. David Kampf, I wanted to check today. Has this guy been what the Leafs have brought him in? We completely raked him over the coals in the summer for this signing. He's been good. His defensive numbers are good. When you look at it, chances against per 60 minutes, which – Doing per 60 minutes just evens it out across all players. So you're not getting, oh, he's playing more, he's playing less, whatever. Expected goals against per 60. Number one on the Leafs is Austin Matthews. He has the puck all game, so the other team can't score when you have the puck, um, except if you're Pierre Engvall tonight, apparently. Who actually, number two, is Pierre Engvall. Been very good at suppressing offense uh, when he's not scoring on his own net tonight. Uh, number three is Ilya Mikheyev. It's been short-lived this season, but it's been very good. Number four, David Camp. And what makes this so impressive is the list of players, A, that he's above, and the fact that he, is, that he has had 16% of his zone starts in the offensive zone. He is just defense, 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 and it's been positive results as, from it. Can't ask anything more. And then on the penalty kill... He's been the least like, well, Mikheyev has only played like 10 minutes on the penalty kill, so I, you could remove him from this, and that would mean David Kampf has been the least best penalty killer this year in terms of defensively. For sure. Right? Marner's number four on this list, but number three if there's no Mikheyev. Yeah. I right. mean, David Kampf, he's been doing what we've been asking. That's, that's all you can really say. Yeah. He, he Don't expect him to score a lot of goals. Don't expect him to generate that much offense, but – defensively he's been really good metrics say he's been good i test say he's been good like he makes the right plays it's jason's boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he has four goals too on top of that hey yo. exactly uh, my one stat surfer i wanted to give it's just about austin matthews um i was telling the guys earlier on evolving wild which we bring up a lot it's a analytics site they calculate a percentile for offensive play driving defensive play driving and overall Austin Riley is in the is in the 99th percentile in the league in offensive play driving. He is also in the 99th percentile in the league in defensive play driving. That is crazy impressive. And 99th percentile overall, making him the best player in the league according mm-hmm. to their metrics. So, just hey, something no. to look at. Wow. Yeah. And there's only like two or three players in that 99th percentile tier in offense and defense usually. So, 
in both. I don't think anyone else is I, I, in both. I, I've, I've been looking for like five minutes. But I think Cal McCarr is 99. Yeah, he's defenseman though. Oh, okay. So but he's also not 99 offense, 99 defense. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just, I was just, yeah. Sorry. The other four that's 99 percentile I see is Miko Rantanen. Yeah, no, I, I just see some, Ooh. sometimes do people do confuse 99 percent, like, oh, the top nine, like, top one percent. It's not, like, percentage, it's percentile, right? There's yeah. yeah. Distinction. There's only, like, one but play. Again, just he has in, been very good. Enjoy this good. guy. Yes, honestly, exactly. like, don't take Austin Matthews for granted. He's fantastic. Yeah. Also, yeah. he didn't score a time, but the amount of, like, great stick plays he makes in the offensive zone, like, separating man from puck, using his body to protect the puck. Getting shots off, it's just everything is good. Oh, his his ability to just like lift someone's stick, just man strength, lift someone's stick and just take the puck like that's mine, is incredible. Like, oh yeah, you almost forget like he's six what six four, mm-hmm. two twenty. Like kid. he's built. He's a thick thick boy. Yeah. And he's also what twenty? How old is twenty four? Nineteen ninety seven born. Twenty four turning twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, in September next just year. The, the size and the hands just combined allows him to get have such a lethal shot on top of that. Like, it's incredible. The only thing he doesn't do positively, according to Evolving Wild, is somehow draw penalties. And that is more of an indictment on the NHL. Yeah, than him. Yeah. What was funny, when I was watching Edmonton, Vancouver yesterday, there was a uh, Van- McDavid drew a penalty late, and a beat writer for Vancouver was saying, oh, of course, McDavid draws up. Someone breathed too too close to McDavid, and they he he ended up drawing a penalty. But I looked at it. I'm like, it's been the complete opposite. Yeah. Where have you been? He didn't draw a penalty yeah. for like how long? Again, it was like an absurd amount of time, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs, there's no penalties against McDavid. There are only non penalties. Anyways, um, moving on. I got away from our notes here. Uh, so overall, this Leafs week. Vanilla and favorite, who we got? We completely forgot Ooh. about that. That's a good question. But it would be a good transition to get into right now. It wouldn't be it? a good transition. Uh, <laughs> I think Mitch Marner had another good week. Yeah. Two Last goals week it was Ilya Mikheyev won, and Cal Clifford uh, was the worst player. And now he's not. Vanilla. Now but, he's not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? So I, I, I like favorite for Mitch Marner. You got power play and a shorty. That's, Ooh, that's always good, good to see. Um, could you are, did Nylander score against the Islanders? Oh no, he had that really nice feed to Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Morgan yeah, he had an assist. Nice yep. He had a goal Nylander's tonight. He had a, yeah. some very good chances. Angval. Has Austin Matthews not scored in the last two games? No, nope. Wow. He might have to be a vanilla. No, I'm just, nice. kidding. I'm just, yeah, kid. okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think Josh would fight you if he <laughs> actually <laughs> meant that. Um, at five on five over the last two games, and obviously this is too slow. Anyways, Marner—I mean Marner Nylander would be a good, would be a good one. Let's Could do you it. Say, mm-hmm. What did Brody do on? Morgan Riley's had a good yeah, couple Morgan of games as well. That pairing just in general has been. TJ Brody, you're right. Yeah. He's been yeah. very good. Again, we're that never going to put him up for either one. Though I'm telling you, I said yeah. that two yeah. months ago. It's we're not going to. That put pairing Brody. has been carrying the Leafs Absolutely. though because they've been so depleted mm-hmm. on defense. Just absolutely carrying the Leafs. And then Vanilla, I, like, where did Wayne Simmons go? Yeah, fair. He actually played well against the Islanders. He, he did, but where are the chances coming? Like, we need more. We need more of that. He had four against the Islanders. Okay, all right, you can't all put right. him again. All right. Cannot put him Vanilla. Okay. Joey Anderson, or sorry, yeah, Joey Anderson. We have, we have Joey. L.A. has Mikey. Um, I thought was 
okay, but he did kind of the Pierre Engvall effect with the fourth line. You add some more speed to it, and they're able to be a little bit more productive. And we saw Wayne Simmons almost jammed in a few right. against the Islanders. You're right. So it's more of a month thing than a week thing for Simmons. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that fourth no, line. I, 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 I know what you mean. It has not been great, but. Over these past two games, I don't know. And also, here's my thing about... I was saying this to Jason. Like, If you're like dissecting as the fourth line, like getting 50% of the shots, 55, 60, 45, 40, they play so little, it's like... It's tough. You get hemmed in one shift and exactly. you're screwed. It almost is like if they can go... I've said this a lot of times. In a playoff series, if they can go plus one, then your fourth line did a fantastic job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, it just seems like they haven't scored much recently. Mm-hmm. No, they have not. What is, like Regression yeah. incoming, hopefully. Yeah, that's that's the the hope. Maybe they they need Nick Ritchie back. No, no, mm, no. I can't really think of a vanilla then. Honestly, Sheldon Key for blendering. I don't. I don't know. Just just trying to throw out ideas. That is a good one. I, like I mean, that. Sheldon Key for blendering. <laughs> Not blendering. 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 Yeah, blendering. blendering. Okay. But like, who do you go up against? I don't know. Like, we have no. We have I nobody. Think, I think. I guess Kerfoot's been a bit quiet this week. Yeah, maybe. I guess, but like, not no one's been real. We're reaching again. Like, this is the the strength of having all your forwards. Like, they have. I think we just like whoever gets the most votes. Oh, the Leafs actually didn't score a five on five goal tonight. No, they didn't. They scored three power play goals. Interesting. Yeah, didn't realize that. I think we almost like skip it for this week because we'd be reaching. Yeah, we'd be doing the classical media thing. There's nothing to talk about. Maybe leave it. Leave it to people to. If you do the little question, say, any, has, any, has anyone but been But then the issue with that is I find that some people will, like, like I, I, I was getting nominations for Marner when he wasn't even playing. Yeah, so, but you could just ignore those and see yeah. if anyone has, like, good feedback on that. Has yeah. anyone you thought been lacking this past week, these past two games? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah we'll do that. But, okay, Marner versus Nylander. Yeah. yeah. Mitch Marner again in the favorite category. Let's go. Hey, you score two goals in two games. Oh, it's a regular that. season. What do you expect? Yeah. yeah. Not neither of them were at five on five. That's, That's four games in a row with a goal, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Only one of them five on five. Mm-hmm. So you can't score on five on five. I can't score on five on five. Jonas or the Siegel, power play. Apparently. Jonas Siegel load up the article. He can't score at five on five. That was a sick shot today. That was a beautiful shot. That was nice. Nice little spin on it. Drew a screen, posting in. Hit like dead middle of the post, but because of the spin, it was able to to get in there. It was nice. Finally scored a one-timer goal. Uh, do you want to get into some Around. Olympic rosters? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Um, where should we start? Josh Hosang. Josh, Josh Hosang. Of the Toronto Marlies, made Team Canada. That was uh, awesome to see. He's been... I mean, when you look at the pure offensive numbers, they haven't been that, that great. I mean, he's like fifth on the Marlies in points, but his speed... His, it, as you mentioned, Josh, off off mic, his dynamic speed has been on full display. He's got terrific hands. His shot is tremendous. Like, he has on tape, he has shown more than enough that he's an NHLer. Unfortunately, he hasn't translated to points, but whatever. I, I Like, based on what I've seen, it looks like he's moving at NHL speed out there. And I don't think the Leafs gave him a contract because like once they found out so to back up and I'm I'm floundering here but to back up Elliot Freeman did speculate and say he thought that the Leafs were going to give Josh Hosang a contract 
However, when they found out that he was eligible for the Olympics and he was in strong contention for the Olympics, they said, let's wait so that he has this opportunity to, to go to Beijing, win a gold medal for, for Team Canada there. But that's awesome that he was able to to play for Team Canada. Like, and he, such he a good completely story. credited Kyle Dubas for taking a chance on him. He said, essentially, like, I wouldn't be on this team if it wasn't for the Leafs and Kyle Dubas. So it's you nice to, to see. It. It's, and it's even nice Jason Spezza said, had very kind words to say about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even Sheldon Keefe had some very nice words to say about him, too. Like, you love to hear it. And hopefully he gets a shot with the blue and white. And he did, to add, he did say in an interview that if another team were to approach him to sign him through an NHL contract, he would go to Kyle Dubas first about it mm-hmm. because that's how much he credits Kyle Dubas to taking a chance on him and allowing him to develop with the Leafs, I guess. Right? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a feel-good story. Yeah. Good organizational maybe lesson, too, like about how you, you, know, how you treat people and yeah. stuff like that. So. Exactly, yeah. and at least you have four spaces for contracts still, so Ooh. it's always on the it's it's on it could be it's an option. It's not like they are ha- are stuck and have to trade someone in order to do it. It's yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we will see what happens. Exactly, um, but maybe uh, let's get into some other players who got selected who are just at least have the rights to them because I think that's the only guy prospects. Yeah, I guess prospects slash. Other guys. I don't think they can be under NHL contract yeah. in order to be able to go. Mm-hmm. Right? So. so Leafs prospects that are going, the big ones, Matthew Nyes and Nick Abruzzese. Matthew Nyes of University of Minnesota and Nick Abruzzese of Harvard are both representing Team USA. Both are having very, very good years for their respective colleges. Pontus Holmberg, I believe he was a sixth-round pick in 2018 or 2019. 2018, He's having yeah. a very good year. He will be playing for Sweden. He's a 1999-born, I believe, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Yep. Um, he's another big one. He's been, I think his team won the championship in the Swedish Hockey League last year, and he had a pretty good playoffs there. So 14 points in 14 games. And I want to say that the Leafs have signed him to an entry-level deal, but they loaned him to Sweden, which allowed him to play in this tournament. So three positive, positive Leafs prospects there, and I mean, we haven't even talked about the other ones on mm-hmm. top of that, right? But those are three good outside-of-the-first-round picks that are, are developing at a very promising rate. Mm-hmm. I will say it'll be interesting to see how they play at the Olympics there, right? Yeah, and I also wonder about Dennis Malgin if he's... If I think he, he's done. If he's just done, but... I think he's done. Because the Leafs do still, ho- still own his rights, so... Um, yeah. And he's... Be playing for Switzerland, but yeah, if you're watching the game, I th- if you're when you're watching the Olympics, I, I think, uh, yeah, those are some guys you want to maybe keep your yeah. eye out for if you like the Leafs. Simple Fabrice Herzog is also you wrote down, he's yeah, playing for Switzerland, he's th- my favorite one to make jokes about. Like, the Leafs will give for Claude Giroux, the Leafs will give a second and the rights to Fabrice Herzog. <laughs> he was yeah. drafted in 2013. Just they still have, how do they, s- they just have his rights? They don't, they just have no, his rights. It's don't. like the KHL, they, they, they expired. Oh, they did. Oh, okay. They definitely expired. He's a nineteen. He's like twenty-eight. <laughs> Eventually, these things expire. But yeah, I I think Matthew Nyes is really exciting. I think a lot of us undersold me specifically undersold that pick yep. maybe due to mm-hmm. you know COVID, lack of knowledge, just following some big boards here and there. Yeah, wasn't a name that was prominent. It looks like they got an absolute steal. Yeah, it didn't look like so. Pretty much like he had a point per game in the USHL, but like it is 
point total didn't improve from the season before. And, you know, you didn't see the improvement you would have liked to, but also he had COVID in his draft year. Like the COVID season was tough on certain players, but at university of Minnesota, he's been playing tremendously in the one world junior game. He got, he looked really, really good there as well. Even in the preseason world junior game, he looked very good there as well. Like big boy, good in the corners, good finisher, a lot of velocity behind his shot. I'm excited to watch this guy play. It's uh, it's good to see guys have a seamless transition to the next level, right? So we're, exactly. we're checking off boxes. We have, you know, USHL to University of Minnesota, box check. Freshman year, fantastic. Hopefully he keeps developing. Maybe a Hobie Baker in his future. Ayo. And then he comes in. Maybe in a pro season next year. Maybe. You never know. So we'll uh, see. Nick Edwards is an, is an interesting one. I believe he was a fourth-round pick of the Leafs 2019. Yep. He was like he had like ninety or something points in the USHL that year. He was an older player. They bring him to Harvard. He's rookie of the year or rookie of the conference or something like that. Very very good year. And then the next year, the COVID year, they cancel Harvard season. Everyone's wondering: Is he going to go to Sweden? Join his teammate Jack Drury over there? Is he going to sign pro with the Leafs? What's he going to do? He ended up having to get hip surgery. He did not play hockey last year. And he's had a fantastic start to the season with Harvard this year. So that's really encouraging to see there. Do you think really the like Leafs that. maybe purchase him after the season, give him a give him a deal or what? Start him up well, in, I mean, in the A? Yeah, I think he's a he's a he's, he's a book, older. He's one of them books guys. Uh but again, maybe, I'm, I'm maybe look, he wants to graduate. That's fair. I'm looking yeah. age wise though, right? Yeah. He's, 22 he's already years twenty two years old. Yeah. old. Twenty two, yeah. So if we wait so another two years, twenty four years old. Well it'd be time. one year, I, right? Because he's been at Harvard now. This is his third. Oh, right. Yes. So it'd be one more year. Okay. Right? He has like two more years of eligibility, but right. it'd be but one more year to graduate. graduate. Mm-hmm. He could probably graduate in the summer without yeah. playing hockey. Yeah. You saw Ryan Donato do it. It, it right? can be done. I, I think I put him in like the Simeon Der Argachensev tier of Leafs prospects. Like, yeah. smaller skilled guy. Not sure if he'll necessarily make the NHL jump, but he'll be real, probably be pretty good for the Marlies. And, you know, depending on how his development goes, maybe he gets a look. So, yeah. Yeah, we were we were discussing this off camera though. Uh, off, we have no cameras here. Off mic and off camera and off camera. Everything's off camera here, so we can say whatever we want. <laughs> uh, but we were discussing this off mic. Just the transition of players when you pick a player in a in the draft that has been passed over a couple of times. So they're a little bit older. They're not eighteen. They're nineteen, maybe twenty years old. You'd think that an older, more mature player would make a seamless transition to the AHL, to the pro leagues. But from what we've seen from from some pretty good examples, it doesn't seem to be that way. It seems like a pretty tough transition for a lot of these guys. And then they seem to pick it up there. Some good examples. We were talking about Sean Dursey. He looks really good this year. Didn't have the most fantastic. He played his overager year in the O and didn't have the most fantastic AHL first season. Uh, on top of that, I'm drawing a blank for whatever reason. Brett Leishan from Washington is another good example. He got some NHL looks this year. Um, trying to think of someone else, and I can't. But anyways, those the are point, two pretty yeah. good examples. Well, there. Adam Brooks as well. Kind of mm-hmm. early Brooks, adjustment wasn't clean to the AHL necessarily. He's still not with the Leafs. I don't know where he is right well, now. Well, he's with but, Montreal. But I'm just saying he ended up yeah. developing. Like That's his first Marley one. season, you look at it as an overager coming in. At 22 years old, he only had 19 points in 57 games, right? You'd expect a guy who was ripping it up to come in and put up more. As you see, he develops 40 points the next year. 
and then a point a game from then on. He's gotten a couple NHL games here. Joseph Duzak's the perfect yeah. one. He's at point per game as a defenseman in the AHL. He started in the ECHL. Mac Hollowell was the next one we hope that kind of picks it up a little bit more. He's had some challenges here and there. But the reason I brought that up was, I mean, when we're talking about Nick Abruzzese, he's a little bit older. Don't expect the world in the first season. It could be a couple seasons down the line. But I'm confident he's a very smart player, it seems like. I'm going to guess he's pro next year. I gotta, we'll, we'll revisit yeah. it in, in September. But. For me, it's a dice roll. I don't, I don't know the kid, yeah. right? So <laughs> I'm just kind of guessing. Could be that he wants to go back and graduate. For mm-hmm. sure. And then, you know, come to the big leagues. Any, but, anyone else interesting on that Olympic roster to you? Everyone's interesting. Eric Stahl's cool. Eric right? Stahl, yeah. Eric Stahl's did he cool. some Olympic experience on the team? Hell yeah. Is he still a free agent or did well, he, he signed a PTO with Minnesota, PTO. right? With Iowa just to get yeah. warmed and up. And they released him, or I guess he's still there. Well, he would have been released just So because, he could play, right? Yeah. And then, well, I think it's yeah, it still says tryout here. I do believe Anyways. he will be on Minnesota's team for like the yes. playoffs, essentially. Okay, yeah. But it's funny you mention some Olympic experience on there. He's not the only returning Olympian. Fun fact, Maxime Noru, Eric O'Dell, and Matt Robinson are all three are also returning from the bronze medal team. So thought that was interesting. interesting. When you look at the names, like I, I recognize a ton of these. Well, like Devin Levi obviously played for Team Canada last year. He's having a like ridiculously good season in the NCAA. Um, if you revisit my comments about him from the summer you are going to think I'm the dumbest loser alive. But, I mean, was I wrong? No. I wasn't wrong. No. Nope. I just look like an idiot now. Yep. Because his save percentage is 948 at Northeastern. He has seven losses in there, like 16 and 7 and 1, and he has a 948 save percentage. Like, this this kid just eats pucks, apparently. Um other names on there, Eddie Pasquale, I don't think anyone would recognize really, but like he played with Yegor Korshkov, who some people might remember. Um, I don't expect anyone to really remember him, but former NHLers, Jason Demers, he was a pretty good stay-at-home defenseman, I would say. Yeah. Right? Good, to, good, good player. Played for Arizona, played for Dallas, I want to say, I'm guessing. Mark Barbario, he was an interesting one because it was like a lot of people on Twitter were crying. He needs more reps. He needs more opportunity. I believe he was a Tampa, Montreal guy. But now I think he went over. He obviously went overseas. So now we get to see what he can do in the Olympic uh, in the Olympics here. Tyler Watherspoon, I believe was like a stay at home defenseman. I can't remember what team he World played juniors. for World Juniors one year. Uh, Owen Power, first overall. Yeah, we're bearing the lead. Owen Power, Mason McTavish, right? Mm-hmm. Those are two really exciting. Those are the exciting ones. I, yeah. I, I needed to get into my depth, guys. Brandon Gormley. Former first-round pick. Former defenseman of the tournament for the World Juniors, right? That was my last one I wanted to. Uh, well, even uh, even some of these forwards, Daniel Carr, Union. Daniel Carr. What about Daniel Montreal. Winnick? Former, yeah, former legend. Former Winnick, double who? trade in two years. <laughs> Traded him twice signed. in two years. How Stud. crazy. How many other players have been have has that happened to for a team? I, I honestly can I can't even think of a player who where that's happened to. There's but. honestly some fun names. Landon yeah. Ferraro. Yeah. Yeah. Ray he Ferraro's wasn't having son. a very good 
time in, in Europe before this year, and then all of a sudden he popped off this mm-hmm. year. So very good to see for Jordan him. Wheel, one of the best AHL players of the last decade. He so would yeah, put the, up insane numbers. The big a- oh, AHL, like almost NHL guys. Eric O'Dell was very good in the AHL. Ben Street was very, very good in the AHL. And then obviously Jordan Wheel, the the wheel deal Jordan Wheel. Right. And he got 200 games too. Like he played in the NHL. Yeah. Like, he looked so damn good in the AHL. It was like, how can you not give him a look? And then he just, I guess, never really, you know, made the jump. Adam Cracknell, he was with the Marlies for a little bit there. Um, I think we, Adam Tambellini, he was a third-round pick, I want to say, to New York. He was just always a very okay AHL player. And then went to Sweden, ended up having a few pretty good seasons. So, and then Corbin Knight, I don't really know who that is, but a lot of KHL points from what I've seen. So that's the team. Um, in summation, there's some really fun young names in there. Jack McBain, too, playing very well at Boston College. He was a third-round pick to Minnesota, I believe, right? Yep. So some fun younger names in there. Mason McTavish, Jack McBain, Josh Hosang, and then a lot of like nostalgic, like, ah, I wanted the least to pick this guy up on waivers yeah, guy, absolutely. essentially, yeah. right? But it'll be fun. Do you see anyone in the Olympics here that you think will earn an NHL contract after this tournament? Because From we the saw, Olympics? yes, because we saw last Olympics, uh, Kelly, uh, the former Ottawa Senator Kelly, he, he signed from team Canada, Brian Gianta signed after the Olympics. And there was one more defenseman in there that I can't remember, but there was a few NHL contracts that came from the Olympics. Yeah. Um, it's hard to predict, obviously. I think Eric Stahl's a layup, right? Yeah, that doesn't even yeah. count, does it? Yeah, no. No, like that, that, that counts. I'll give you I, that I one. think Eric Stahl will be on Minnesota. Yeah. Ooh. I think Jason Demers. Jason Demers is going to be the other one. Eric Stahl in Minnesota, that's a very, very good one. Did, was it someone here that brought up David Krejci coming back? Yeah. For Boston. I did, yeah. Yeah, that was last week. That's crazy. Yeah. Holy moly. Is he playing in the Olympics? Probably. I, I would think so. I, I have no idea, but probably. Um. Yeah, I think Jason Demers, Eric Stahl. I think the, Eric Stahl to Minnesota. Wow. I, I got. A I name don't know for why you. I didn't think that, that as such as more prominent. He's not. He's on Team USA. But how about Kenny Agostino? Hmm. Um. Well, I don't know what the stipulations are with his KHL, KHL right? contract. He's he was he's always just been. He was very good for the Marlies. He was so good for the yeah. Marlies. Like. I, I'm surprised nobody else gave him a an NHL contract or he just wanted to chase the money in, in the KHL. He had some good numbers. I mean, maybe next year. But I, I I think in order for him to come to the NHL, it would have to be a guaranteed NHL spot, right? right? Mm-hmm. So and, and there's no going back to Torpedo for him, which is the K, his KHL team. There's no going back if you terminate your deal and then go to the NHL. Right. Like, to go back would then be a little difficult. So that's where... I'm fifty fifty on could, that. One. Could it be Josh Hosang? Like I think so. Maybe, yeah. That's another very, very strong guess there. Um maybe one of the Leafs prospects signs after their I think their NCAA season would have to finish first, but yeah. maybe one of them, you know, pretty good guess there. Mm-hmm. But there's some interesting uh Yeah, it should be an interesting tournament. Obviously doesn't have the luster of the NHL. You know, we spent the whole episode on Team Canada. Would have been fun yeah. to do another oh, Strauss one. Strauss Man mm-hmm. on USA. Strauss. Strauss Man on USA. He was very, very good for Michigan last year. I believe is putting up some very good numbers. Yeah, 
927 save percentage in the Swedish Hockey League. Um, he's a 1998 born. He's a smaller goaltender, but is good. So maybe he earns an entry-level contract from this tournament. Who knows? Hopefully we get to see him a little bit. Yeah, should be interesting. That was a name that stuck out. I had to mention him real quick. But, yeah, it will be a fun tournament for sure. Uh, some more around the league here. Yes. yes. Um, Jeff Carter just signed 3.25 for two extra years. He's having a good point production season for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. But me, my brother and I, we were watching. Well, were we watching a Penns game? Were we watching a highlight? And you made a know, funny yeah. comment about Jeff Carter I think is shockingly yeah. accurate. I just said that he's basically Jason Spezza if Jason Spezza was playing in a top six role. And I, I looked at the points per 60, and if you take – I think this year he's has like a little bit more points per 60 than Spezza, and that's solely because of assists. But goals, they're almost identical points per, uh, goal per, per 60. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just it's thought... It's all right. You're 26 yeah. points in 36 games with 12 goals. I mean, it's just interesting that a guy that is... How 37. 37. He's, the, he's a year younger than Spezza. He's a... He's a year younger than Spencer. But it's yeah. it's tough because when you compare, like even compare him to Corey Perry. Corey Perry's having is scoring goals this year as well. He's mm-hmm. on a mi- almost a minimum deal under a million, right? Nine hundred k. You'd expect to get a guy like that for a little discount, mm-hmm. I think. So wait, they gave him two years. Yeah. Two years. That's what's three. also surprising. Yeah. Yeah. The extra year after. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who was giving him that money in free agency? That's when I see I guys get signed in January, February. I always think that like who was coming and saying. Jeff Carter, come here for eight million over two years, like four and four, and where? No contender can afford that. Yeah, but they also have a lot of cap space next year. They they have a lot of UFA. Well, yeah, because Malkin's Ryan Rust UFA. UFA, Evgeny Malkin well, yeah. UFA, Chris Letang UFA. I mean, I, no, I, I would hope they have a like. Yeah. <laughs> they no, should, just, it's like when but people. But then they have to sign Evan Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like when people say, oh, the Broncos and the Steelers have a lot of cap space. Yeah, they don't have quarterbacks. So yeah. No, yeah, sure. <laughs> Penguins have cap space. They got to sign Malkin and. Who I knows? just took a quick look at Carter's picture. He almost reminded me of one of the island boys because his hair is a little crazy. <laughs> but he only went for a third and a fourth last year. Yeah, I and, think it was because of his contract. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his heavy contract. Oh, and he wasn't doing that well last year. But yeah. Pittsburgh seems to have revived him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, when he came to Pittsburgh, some goals. shot like 26% last year in 14 games. It was crazy. He got nine goals. but Nine goals in 14 mm-hmm. games, yeah. A little side you know young he, in there. He's scoring. He's scoring, so. Yeah. He's uh, also but, got that invaluable playoff experience. Even though, if I remember correctly, he like had a terrible playoffs last year for them. Uh, five no, points. four goals in oh, six games. He was good. Never who mind. was I th- who was bad for them in the playoffs that I remember? Everyone okay, else. Yeah, everyone else. Okay. Everyone else was bad for them. Yeah. When you look at Crosby, two points. Gensel, two points. Chris Letang, six points. There's a little twister in there. Well, yeah, right? Pittsburgh's an interesting team. They're they're charging. Very uh, interesting. Very. Very we got trade rumors swirling again. Yeah. Yep. Claude Giroux to the Leafs. Legit or not legit? Not, not legit. legit. Jinx. Okay. Do you yeah. think it's because those assets that you would need to give for Giroux would be better serviced elsewhere kind of thing? Pro- yeah. Probably, It's going to yeah. be expensive to take them off because the, the Flyers are going to be willing to retain half. Oh, and yeah. You're going to have to be giving, mm-hmm. willing to give up a huge piece. I mean, looking at Florida, I know this is crazy. I'm just speculating, making it up in my head. Would you consider giving up Spencer Knight for him? Wow. Really making a push? Holy. Win that Stanley Cup? Is get that, ready, is get that, ready I have for a your new for arena? You. Or does that mean you're giving up on Carter Hart, though? Or is that a Carter Hart-Spencer Knight tandem? It would be a tandem. You I mean, a little insurance, a little that is a great split. thought. I think that's 
Because how many more years of Bobrovsky do you have? Are you going to yeah. be able to trade Bobrovsky? Well, you have to contract? have more like, years of Bobrovsky. You don't really have a choice. Right? Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. You're stuck. You're literally stapled to Sergei Bobrovsky. It's like you have Spencer Knight there. I know it's not the most efficient use of assets, but at mm-hmm. the trade deadline, how efficiently are you spending assets? It's never, never, never. And they also don't have a first-round pick this year. They are trade that in the Reinhardt deal last year. So, so they'd have to yeah. give a top they'd have prospect. to give a top prospect. So I don't see you're yeah. not giving up Lundell. Not even yeah. chance. It would be Denisenko, Grigory mm-hmm. Denisenko, who's been okay in the AHL. So, but. How much he doesn't have the most most amount of value. He's mm-hmm. decent. He's pretty good. Prospect, probably give a, an NHL or maybe an Owen Tippett in the deal kind of thing. That's looks seems to be the type Owen of deal that Tippett. happens. Where's he playing in their lineup? He's Third there. Line? He's, he's bottom six. Like seems like a guy who could benefit from a trade. But that's the type of guy you have to look at, right? You assume these trades for these elite players. There's always some sort of young NHL ready guy to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually a first round pick. Usually a top prospect. So I'm just kind of like. Just uh, like eyeball, not even eyeballing it, but I feel like Owen Tippett would be the kind of player that would go to Philly and be completely ruined. Yeah, maybe. and then you you scoop him up for nothing. But yeah, you're right. They probably ask and then for the Leafs rebuild him, and Jonas Siegel writes an article about it that he isn't he hasn't scored on the power play. Um, oh. I, I agree. Anton Lindell's not getting traded from there. It's I think Boston is like a prime category for Claude Giroux. I know, I, I don't want that to happen, but it it will. What are they giving up though? The right picks. first round pick. All their Jakub Zaboral, Zach Sinishin. Could the way they draft be, as many picks who as they who have they, they drafted can. recently? It would have to Fabian like, Lysel is who they picked this year. Is he even good? I'm who, just saying. Who is like, that? I don't even know. Him. I don't even know who's a scouting is. guy. Fabian, Ly- he liked him. Yeah. Um, oh. And then the other one would be Colorado. Oh, Fabian Lysel is actually having a good year. Yeah, uh, Colorado is. Like I think they're sniffing for a big, they're big fish hunting. Would they have to give up? Like, what's his name? The fourth overall defenseman? Not that's not, not named Kill. Yeah. Would they? Maybe. Would that be worth it? That's a, the, the funny thing really is, good. like, think about this compared to the Leafs. Like, Bowen Byram is probably worth like Sandy and Lilgren combined. Is that crazy? Like more. So mm-hmm. that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, so if you're the Leafs, what do you have to give to get Giroux? Yeah, a lot, a lot. Mind you, we gave so much last year for. Let's not <sighs> the rights to Fabrice Herzog in a second. <laughs> yeah, I just holding. think we're probably we're probably priced out. Like, yeah. it's, there's other. If you want to get a Ford, there's Even probably hurdle. Cheaper. Like, yeah, you're probably getting priced out of hurdle too. I wonder if like, do you think Kerfoot could see his name in any of these deals? I know we talked about him a lot. Like, so it's. I wanted to bring it up because Kevin Papetti wrote a pretty interesting yeah, article. Can I bring it up? Yeah, let's bring it up. Bring it, like that. put it, pull it up on your screen. I remember a few of the pieces in there, and he brought up like. Trades that you don't normally see, and but they were very, very interesting and thought-provoking, right? So the one thing he brought up, he said, oh, could you move Kerfoot? I mean, you move his salary, $3.5 million, He's having a very, very good year. Mm. But obviously, you're only going to move him if you're upgrading on him. So what would that trade kind of look like, right? But he brought up one interest. He brought up several interesting ones, actually. Uh, the one I didn't agree with was moving Mrazic for... For Koskinen, like Koskinen is just so damn bad. But he's an expiring. No, I don't care. But it doesn't matter. Like in the playoffs, at that point, if you if they would retain on Koskinen, take I'm not Marazic. kidding. I would rather the the, you know, when you don't have a goalie, so you put up that tarp. 
I would rather that than Koskinen. I agree, but it's like, how much is Pierre and Razzik I'd play? rather Eric Colgren play over Koskinen. Great, play Eric Colgren. The point is that you're shedding them Razzik. But then we just don't have a... Ba- we're just riverboat gambling, no backup. That's what we did this year. But I wouldn't give up Mrazic. Like I don't think Mrazic's going to have zero value by the end of the season. So, okay, that's fair. That's that's the that's under the assumption that Mrazic doesn't have much value. But also, I think you, he will. When you take on the Koskinen contract, let's say they retain and match the salaries, you probably can get a pick back with that. Yeah, hopefully. But it's like I think that's an, I don't I wouldn't dismiss. That. I think that's an interesting idea because it's interesting. I'm I sorry. Just, like, maybe creative. I'm higher than I think I'm higher on Mrazic than everyone. If Jack Campbell yeah. goes down, if your starter goes down in the playoffs, the chances of you winning are massively taking a hit yeah. regardless. But Mrazic I think with Mrazic, it really helps. Maybe. You're right. It's definitely better than Koskinen, For but sure. I'm just saying, like, you're anticipating that guy playing zero games in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, obviously. It'd That's be, like a little a shrewd mood. It'd be a gamble. Move. One other one he brought up, Nick Ritchie versus Michael Delzato. And I know this just sounds like, like, what are you talking, like, what am I, I, I trading my 1999 Honda Civic for a 1999 Toyota Camry? Like, what would be the point of this? And the interesting thing is, Ottawa somehow signed Michael Delzato to two years, $2 million per. And he's already buried in the AHL. And they do not see him as a top eight, That's top wild. eight defenseman. This is a decor that includes some not very good players in there. And on top of that, they have Jake Sanderson coming up. I guarantee Jake Sanderson's going to the NHL when he comes out of college. So then that that I think they see top Michael Delzato as not part of their top nine yeah, defensemen in their organization. They have, they have eight to, defensemen up right now. He's not one of them. Exactly. So. so he's been waived. He's in the minors right now. I believe he's actually putting up some good points. So the 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 thing would be to swap Richie who's at two and a half cap hit, three mil cash next year, for a slightly lower cap hit in Michael Delzato. Maybe Ottawa sees Nick Ritchie in their top 12. Toronto definitely doesn't see Michael Delzato in their top six, but you'd be saving a little bit of cap space there. That's an interesting move as well. It is, but you don't really I, save that much. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's different it's, between it's, one. It's a little bit. Well, because right now Ritchie's on the like on the taxi yeah. squad, and he's it's 1.375, I think it is, and... I think his is, like Delzato's eight seventy five, so I think you're only really saving around six hundred k. Yeah, I, but I, at the deadline, fifty percent retained. That's a one point. Yeah. that's one point two. I, I think true. they should try to look to gas Richie at the deadline and and like mm-hmm. a, a match salary kind of deal. Yeah. yeah, like a, a guy that's brought up in this article, you kind of glossed over, which is I think maybe the main point of the article is Damon Severson from the New oh, Jersey he, Devils. Oh as yeah, a trade I should have mentioned him because Kevin Papetti has been tweeting about Devin, Damon Severson every single day but, for the past month. But to be fair, right? I you know the Devils fans thought they were going to be good. They're they're still in their rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. They're not good yet. Yeah, they're terrible. Right they got now. a decent core of young forwards. Uh, they got to do a better job surrounding them. I would say yeah. Damon Severson's a really good defenseman, and he we talked about this a lot. He's got 1.5 years left because yeah. he's signed for next year. So, again, mm-hmm. if you can get them to you know, retain 50%, bring in a guy like that, would, would, would that be $2 million if he retained? Yeah, $2 million, $2.05. That's value. Like that. That's Blake that's Coleman good. stuff. That's mm-hmm. Barkley Goudreau stuff. That's, I'd give my first-round pick. And I that. believe I saw from insider trading, I don't know how legit this is, the Leafs would be very willing to bring in someone with term. So it's going to cost you through Beautiful. the roof. I would I – would, this is going to sound crazy. I would probably, if you twisted my arm and said, you got to throw this, like this article says, you got to give Lilgren in the deal. 
have to. You ha- and then you do it because yeah. you get that extra year of term, and mm-hmm. this is now the window. Now it's we got two years. Let's go for it. I love Timothy Lilgren, but if you bring in another right hand shot defenseman, there's nowhere for him to plan a lot. Yeah. One and a half more years, too. Yeah. So that's the big thing. And I, I think everyone's happy with how Lilligren's played. I think all of us envision him as eventually being a top four or five defenseman in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So I think our homework for next week, we have to come with an evaluation of Damon Severson. Yeah, we can do that. We can and do explain that. who his, this his, guy is. His numbers are good, man. His numbers yeah. are yeah. good. His numbers have been good for years. Like, yeah, nineteen twenty was ninety fifth percentile defensive play driving. Twenty 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 one little shortened season. He was still had his worst year. Six, still sixty six percentile defensive trade t- uh, play driving. Excuse me. This season he's absolutely mucking it up. Ninety six percentile defensive play driving, and his offense has been good too. The team has kind of dragged down his offensive numbers, but he's been really good at generating shot metrics. So. This is a guy, and he's the guy that the the older traditional fans would like too. Because mm-hmm. here's the difference: he's actually like the good version of Nick Foligno on D. Like he's very defensively responsible. He's a bigger guy. He's physical. Gets in lanes, blocks. He does all that stuff, but he's also good at zone, protecting the zone. He's good mm-hmm. at exiting the zone. He does all the little things correct. So six foot two. I mean, he, could you call him a defenseman with a long stick? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, and had to throw he's also in. only twenty-seven years old. Like, These unlike are like Felino, who's thirty-three like, last year. Like he's, I, I'd call this like eighty percent Muzzin type move. You know, yeah. like it's not necessarily. Yeah. He doesn't have the experience. He's not as good as Muzzin is, but it's an upgrade on Hall. And if and if your top four becomes Muzzin, Severson, Riley, Brody, Sandine, Hall slash Dermot, if you want to throw him in, I think that's like you're rolling with that. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. you're really comfortable Heck with yeah, that, brother. Um, one other thing at the trade deadline, the number one thing that I hope that the Leafs do, which contrary to what like, never mind. Anyway, one thing I hope the Leafs do is just bring in a good player. Forget about role. Forget about where this player is going to fit. Forget about oh he fills this need. You need to bring in just a good player. Yeah, it has to be a, a good player. Top six forward or a top four defensemen from another team and plug them into your lineup. If they are a good player, they will fit and do whatever. Yeah. You can't be going, oh, okay, Nick Foligno's a good four checker. He's going to be able to help to suppress and do X, Y, Z on the third line there. Okay, but he has not been very good in Columbus. So then what's going on there? You gave up a first-round pick for this guy, right? You need to find just a good player. Contrary to proper belief, the Leafs have not done this at the trade deadline. If you go back and look at their deals. Since Jake Muzzin. Well, actually, okay, Jake Muzzin. Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell was a little different. That was a that bit was of fool, earlier, like though. That was a bit of like luck, though, right? Because mm-hmm. they traded for Campbell to be, in that time, do you remember, they had the terrible injuries. Anderson had gotten hurt, and whoever their backup at the time was, Hutchinson, Hutchinson also got hurt. And I remember oh. after that game, I forget who they played in Toronto, it was like, okay, the Leafs need to get a goal in oh, right away. Were, Sorry? You're mixing it up. They were in New York. Hutchinson played. They lost 5-3. Um, th- he didn't look very good. And But Anderson so Ray, was hurt. They, yeah. Yes. Anderson okay. was hurt okay. at the time. And they pulled the trigger on that trade for fantastic. Kyle Clifford and, and, uh, and Jack Campbell. And they're like, okay, we got a backup now. And then possibly, depending on how things progress, maybe he starts for a season. And um, we definitely weren't saying maybe he wins a Vesna. <laughs> And no. start 62 games. We but. definitely weren't projecting him to have a six-by-six six contract on the podcast. Oh, exactly. No, not at all. Uh, but, yeah, Jake Muzzin, okay, that was – I don't consider those deadline deals because they were a little bit before, even though they should be 
considered deadline deals, but when you even go back a little bit further, Thomas Placanitz, he turned out playing pretty well in the playoffs, four he points did. in his five games when Kadri was not mm-hmm. there. But a second-round pick, and he put up, what, one point in 15 games? Brian Boyle, second-round pick for him to play fourth line? Like, was that the best use of your assets? Yeah, I, they definitely have not brought in a, a top-end impact. Yeah. Other, yeah. Again, we'll leave Jake Monson out of it because you said that wasn't really a deadline deal. I hope they do this here. We'll see what happens, see who yeah. becomes available. There's some chatter on this article about Bo Horvat or TJ Mil- JT Miller. Both of those guys would be really high-impact signings. Mm-hmm. Jimothy Timothy Miller. Sorry, signings, trades, sorry. But, again, you're going to have to pay a lot for those guys. Oh, yeah. Another guy he refers to here, this will make people roll their eyes. How about Jared McCann? Bring him back. I mean, because it brings up a good point about, you know, Again, Seattle's kind of tanking. They have a lot of centers. Hold on. Did he play for the Greyhounds? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like McCann or Wenberg because they're assuming Matty Benier is going to come play center for them next year, which makes sense. He's having a fantastic year. He's probably going to have a fantastic Olympics. Um, I don't think they need Wenberg. Wenberg's not what they need. Disposable, right? But they signed him. They gave him money. Gave him term. Like, I don't think that the Leafs need one. Yeah, I'm just saying, for example, yeah. these are guys that could be available among the guys we've talked about already. So it should be interesting. This will continue to develop. Vancouver guys, you know, they just got a new GM. So maybe. I think they strip it bare. I think they will. Yeah. Like, how new bare? GM comes in, like, like pretty bare. Would you rather have Bo Horvat or, or uh, JT Miller? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh,. I mean, JT Miller's better offensively, I would say, but we've seen some examples of JT Miller defensively where it's just like, oh my God, dude, what league do you think you are playing in? He would, he would be fantastic with Tavares and Nylander. This is not Sibber on a Tuesday, brother. I will say Bo Horvat slipping it at third line center, kind of bringing a casual oh type God, role. You, I would, would put be... Nylander on the third line if Bo Horvat was mm-hmm. the center. Yeah. But any Bo Horvat on the third line would it, be. I agree. Like there, it's an attractive like strip it down scenario for them. Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. I know they just signed those big bigger deals, but they got time to yeah build, build around. A, you got to build around those guys. So, so yeah, JT Miller, Bo Horvat. It'll be interesting, isn't Bo Horvat the captain? He is the captain. So, what do they do with him there? I I can see them keeping Bo Horvat. But JT I believe he, be he's he's getting to the end. Yeah, only after this is he'll be an expiring. He'll be a UFA. So. After, this coming summer after or one next more? year? Okay. Next year. So yeah. Horvat and Miller both make around five and a half. Yeah. Next year. But Miller's this, a free agent this this upcoming offseason. No, he's not. Oh, he has, he one, has, more he has one more year so, after okay, this year. They both have one more year after this year. Are you giving, are you get, for Bo Horvat, are you giving a first Lilgren, Robertson, and maybe a Kerfoot, Engvall, Mikheyev type? I'd have to. Oof. And That's, you get two you years. You have to think about that. I don't know. Wow. I'd want. Ho- I, I wonder if they also lot. like look at Halak and say, hmm, maybe that's a guy who's our backup. Because Halak's only making one and a half. Well, then why would they take. Anyways, just, yeah. Jeff Thatcher Demko. No, no. And I think they yeah. really want to see what they have in Spencer Martin now, too, mm-hmm. as a backup option, obviously. For like also, by the way, Halak, eight games, nine, 15 save percentage. He would have been the perfect backup for yeah. Jack Campbell. Yeah. Hate to see it. I didn't even like that as, a, as an option. I like Peter Mrazek more. Sucks, but. I'll say I'm wrong. Let's step back on Mrazek and let's see what happens. Yeah, he's a good goalie. Watch out. 
Uh, I'm trying to. I was pulling up some valuations of like what guys went for at the deadline. Um, 18, 19, when you look at it, Kevin Hayes got traded for a young Brendan Lemieux, who was like fourth tough guy, fourth line tough guy, but I think in the second year of his entry level deal. Um, so Lemieux, a first and a fourth. And that was for Kevin Hayes, who had 42 points in 51 games, right? Ryan Zingle, two second-round picks. He had 44 points in 57 games. Gustav Nyquist was an interesting one, a second and a third for a guy that had 49 points in 62 games. In 2017-2018, Rick Nash went. He had 28 points, 18 goals, 10 assists. He went for Ryan Lindgren, who was a young prospect. Ryan Spooner, who was a offensive, terrible defensive roster player. Matt Bolesky, who was a cap dump, a first and a seventh. So that was a very wild one. And then, obviously, I mentioned Thomas Placanitz went for a second. Mm-hmm. And can, I, can I bring in something here? It Could seems that how many of those prospect-type players really turned out in those deals? Not many. Ryan Lindgren. Oh, okay, come on. You're, Ryan Lindgren turned out, though? Like, I'm saying, like, it's not terrific. teams are – there's nothing wrong with Ryan Lindgren. I, I think, think he's, he's a solid NHL player. Yeah. I'm just saying, teams are very unwilling – to give away their prospects and often overvalue their prospects. Yes. Well, look at, I think a prime one is Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. He was traded for a fourth round pick to LA. He's a fourth line player and he keeps getting suspended. Also, I don't want to discredit Ryan Lindgren, but again, we're talking about like primetime trade deadline mm-hmm. additions and yeah. he's yeah. the best prospect that was. You're traded. getting Rick Nash on the way back. Exactly. Right? Well, Ryan- I, didn't, I didn't bring up the lightning trade, which had some pretty prominent prospects pretty prominent prospects let's go we're Nolan foot but he's kind of he's doing well but still in the AHL that mm-hmm. was one I didn't bring up yeah uh but I'm, I'm talking about the Ryan McDonough JT Miller trade that had some huge prospects in there that didn't turn out yeah Libor Hayek oh yeah Brett Howden who got traded for a fourth as well he's doing terribly I want to say a first round pick the other prospects mentioned that didn't get traded in that tra- trade Alexei Lepanov, you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then the other guy that they traded for a sixth-round pick to Anaheim and who had his contract terminated. So, yeah, maybe that's a little lesson for us. Like, I think this is every team in every sport, though. It's, mm-hmm. You often yeah. overvalue your prospects compared to their actual value. So, you know, maybe the Leafs should be really willing to consider moving one of those top prospects. It's unfortunate, but yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's time to win. Like, we're yeah. – yeah, you're gonna have to part with some of your favorite players. And again, the, some of the guys are mentioning like these are pretty much yeah not not elite, but like yeah. the yeah. next tier down. Yeah, exactly. of, of NH like Bo Horvat is good. Bo Horvat is better than Coleman or Goudreau. Like he's, you know oh, what I mean? Oh like, yeah, he's better than Coleman and Goudreau. And Coleman went for a first and Nolan Foot. Yeah, but that was a cheap. One and a half years that he had left. He was making like nine. Barkley Goudreau was a fourth line player on like San Jose. He just had so happened to have be having a good year. He was traded for a first round pick. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like that's that's those they're expensive. Obviously, the assets you're giving up are greater than what you're getting. Essentially, I want to say, but. Tampa Bay has two cups. Banners fly forever, brother. Absolutely. We're Even, not gonna, like, we don't have a banner for we held on to Jeremy Bracco. How about David Savard? Like, David Savard was not an elite player oh, for Tampa Bay, but in the moments they needed him to play when other guys were injured, Hell he yeah. played well, right? And he was a great stabilizing presence. And, again, comparing, what did David Savard go for? Just a first a one? First, first. But they Damon, also had to, like, retain, I think. Damon Severson's a lot better than David Savard. So. Hell, yeah. We'll see. I, I another, really like that name. That's Another prime example. Hal Gill. 
Got traded uh, from the Leafs for a second-round pick. Who was out there in the dying seconds of that P- Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup? Yeah. Al Gale. Skillsy Gillsy. Banners fly forever. Forever. you got to be willing to part with anyone to win. I believe if you're not, you're a fraud. Did the Leafs not also get a first-round pick for Cody Franzen at a trade deadline? Yes, they did. Uh, yes, it was did. a lot. Didn't, what was the trade? It was Cody Franzen and uh, Mike Santorelli. Mike Santorelli. For Ole Jokinen, Brandon Lysak, and Ole a first-round pick. I'll bleep that, that name out. Uh, and what did they do with that it. pick? They traded back and took out uh, Tra- uh, Travis Dermott and Jeremy Bracco. Yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. The pick that would have been Travis Konechny. I think I'd almost rather right now trade a prospect than our first-round pick. 100%. Because, we again, like, like I said last podcast, we have three picks next year, first, second, and seventh. If one of those, like... Like we just like I, I know a good draft two years ago we had a draft where we drafted like eight nine guys last draft only three like I'm I'm okay with giving it's, a it's unrealistic to expect that though so yeah. like the only time I can remember that which looking back looks like an absolute fleece job now is Mark Stone for Eric Brandstrom yeah there was maybe some change in there Mike as well Brand- Eric Brandstrom mm-hmm. still coming up I but think again but like still, comparison, again, comparison it's three years later and Eric Brandstrom's not even a regular in the NHL yeah. right now and Vegas they, is a good case study for that look at all the prospects they traded and look, even how about this Nick Suzuki has turned out about as well as you expect but Max Pacioretty is still a top tier NHL forward mm-hmm. for Vegas yeah exactly uh who else was there on Pat, there? Cody Glass Cody Glass was the one that they retained. And he didn't and They ended out. up training him for Nolan Patrick, who's has it, had his issues, but whatever. Um, there were some other prospects they traded in there, too. Why can't I remember any of them? Their first round was Branstrom, Suzuki, and Cody Glass. Cody Glass. Then they uh, traded their first round pick the next year, first, second, third, for Thomas Tatar. Thomas Tatar. Mm-hmm. Did they trade their first round pick the year after that? Then they traded a second for Robin Leonard. Like it's a good trade, honestly. Balls to the wall. Vegas Golden Knights. I like what they do. Um yeah. So trade deadline's going to be interesting. Um we're gonna continue to look back at past trades and try to find valuations for these players because there are some very, very big fish available. Mm-hmm. And it'll be curious to see how much they go for. Yeah. And I really hope they, they end up going. You think we should we run some polls on Instagram? We can Create some hypotheticals, kind of gauge the yeah. interest. Who, from says, the least? No. who, well, says, who no? says no? Who says no? But like don't those. give like a, you know how they give on Twitter like show me results answer. Just make someone vote. Yeah. Make them vote. Okay, yeah. Leafs okay. or Team X. Yeah. We mentioned all these trades. We didn't mention Ben Sherratt. <laughs> uh, I think Ben Sherratt's gonna probably go for a first. And yeah, probably. It's, a little, it's there's, expensive. The thing is, I feel like there's a there's like like you guys said there's so many guys that I like. I, I there's I not think, many defense though. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. You got to look for guys who are not on expiring for, mm-hmm. for defense, right? Yeah, like like so. we talked about. Yeah, some surprising ones. Uh, last one, Aaron, available. Sorry. Yeah. Last one, Aaron Dell. Uh, that, that was, was a trash crazy. hit. Dirty. Three yeah. games is appropriate, I think. I thought it was going to be two, but Batherson is out long term, and I'm completely fine with three games. I would be okay with five. Uh, quick uh, bad radio, but check out Taylor Hall's hit on Nate McKinnon tonight. Bad? He's probably going to get suspended. Yeah. McKinnon left the game not to return as well. <laughs> Look it up quick if you can. I'm not. I can't right now. I'll look it up later. But that sucks. Anyways, oh, that's an ugly one. I'm gonna do some live commentary of me reacting to it. Anyways, Josh doing a not good job of playing it for me. 
I'm just going to go through the least upcoming games. On uh, Nazem so Kadri has been suspended eight games <laughs> for that. Pick. I'm Nathan McKinnon. That joke is still funny. Yeah. You're probably listening to this on a Thursday. At least play the Red Wings Saturday. Then they play the Devils back to back Monday, Tuesday. And they play the Devils twice, home and home. I think unless the schedule's wrong, I think so. Unless I have like the wrong. Are you I'm just looking at the right team. The Leafs are the blue ones. The Leafs play New Jersey on uh, the Monday and, and the Tuesday and the Tuesday. In so, New Jersey, both times? No, so they play home? at home on Monday and then wow. home in Asterix. In front of nobody. Yeah. Sad Carlton. Face. I love the back-to-back for us, though. Yeah, but, and there then... Oh, finally a back-to-back. Then we'll probably Let's get go. together in, on Tuesday night. Yeah. Sounds good. Tuesday night. Sounds good. See you guys then. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go.